Hi, I'm Danielle. And I'm Haley. And you're listening to Mickey with Minis. We're giving you real-life advice for exploring Walt Disney World with Littles in tow from two sisters who've done it and lived to tell the tale. You can make sure you don't miss a minute of Disney fun by subscribing to the podcast wherever you like to listen to them or by following Mickey with Minis on social media. Would appreciate a like or a review if you're so inclined. And if anything you hear inspires you to start dreaming about your own Disney adventure, you can also support the show by using me, Danielle, as your travel advisor. Just reach out to us at mickeywithminis at gmail.com so you can get planning. But for now, get your ears on, buckle that park bag, and double knot those sneakers because we're off to the parks. How's it going over there? It is going. How are you? I'm doing very well. I need a little <laughs> more coffee. <laughs> yeah. So this week, we're going to take a closer look at how you can figure out where you want to stay. Um, but before we get started, just a reminder that if any of this sounds overwhelming, you can always work with a Disney travel agent to help price stuff out and give you advice on the best fit for your family. And that's typically at no extra cost to you. Okay. Should we dive in? Are we ready? We're ready. Let's We're do it. We're ready. Okay, it's happening. All right. We, so we figured we'd start with um, deciding where to stay because we feel like that's sort of like the first step for most people. Like if you know when you want to go, you have some kind of ballpark dates in mind, and then you're going to check availability for places to stay and prices and stuff like that. I feel like that's where most people probably get started. Um some people opt to stay in the Disney bubble at on-property Disney-owned locations, and then some people decide to stay outside of the parks. Danielle. Yeah. I have a confession to make. Oh, no. I am a Disney bubble diehard. Oh, yeah. Thank God you said that. I was so worried you were going to say that the opposite of that. I know. I know. <laughs> and this is this is controversial, I feel, but um, <clears throat> we've stayed off-site. We have stayed off-site before. We've done it. When we were little kids, we stayed off-site because um, dad had this, like, conference. mad scientist conference that – yeah, so we would stay at, like, at a, you know, Holiday Inn or something like that in Orlando. And then when we did show choir camp, we were also off property. Nice. But I don't think that was a good neighbor hotel. So we're going to get into this. I think that was – I think that was just a rando that was cheap for a show choir camp to go stay yes. at. Um but if you're thinking about staying off property, we're not going to judge you. There are certainly reasons to do so. Um, but you've got a number of options. Um, some people like to do the private rental through like VRBO. Um, and there's lots of those available with like, you know, the private pool and it's a villa. So I know a handful of folks that go down with a big group and that's something they like to do. And that's been working out for them. Um, but we sort of thought we'd focus on... Um, this good neighbor hotel program that Disney World has. It's basically a designation for non-Disney owned hotels that Disney has decided meet their quality standards. Um, and there's about 40 of those. There are a lot of pros to these. Um, they're still pretty close to the parks. And in some cases, they're very close, particularly to Disney Springs, which is great. Um, some even give you the option of booking a vacation package that can include your park tickets. And there's sometimes a staff member there who's specifically available to help with your Disney related questions. Um, 
and all of them offer some kind of transportation to the parks if you haven't rented a car. Um, Once you're in Disney World itself, you can use regular park transportation like everybody else. So if you're at Magic Kingdom and you want to head over to Epcot, you can take the monorail. Um, You can take the buses from the Disney buses from park to park if you want to do that. Um, But your Good Neighbor Hotel offers their own transportation to and from the parks. Yeah, and a handful of these hotels get some of the perks of a Disney hotel. So, um, you know, uh, some of them get uh, early morning entry to the parks along with the Disney Resort guests. That's usually 30 minutes before the park is open to the public. Um, And honestly, those 30 minutes, it doesn't sound like much, but it can make like a huge difference in what you're able to do um, right away in the morning. Uh, We definitely found that on both of our recent trips for sure. and staying off-site can be a really good value, especially if you're on a budget. Most Many of these are cheaper than even the value resorts at Disney World. So um, that's uh, something to keep in mind. But there are some trade-offs, and that's um, kind of why we're pretty biased towards the Disney bubble, right? right. Um, I think the biggest one to me is um, – the proximity to the parks and the access to Disney transportation. So, you know, it's true once you're in the parks, you can use Disney transportation, but getting there is a little, can be a little tricky. So some of the neighbor hotels offer all day transportation to Disney world. Others, uh, you have to have an advanced reservation or they may only run um, their buses at certain times. And some hotels charge a fee for that transportation, or they require you to sign up for extra services like, gym, laundry access, that kind of thing, to be able to access transportation. So there could be an extra fee. Um, Also, Orlando traffic, no joke. So if, you know, it looks like it's seven miles from Magic Kingdom, that that could take quite some time if you're not, um, you know, aware of like the traffic situation there. Also, some of the drop-off spots at the parks for the Good Neighbor Hotels are a little bit remote, um, so they're, they might be a little bit further back at the bus corrals, um, or if you're going to Magic Kingdom, for example, you'd get dropped off at the Transportation and Ticket Center, which is the monorail and bus and boat hub, and then once you're there, you get to the parks on Disney Transportation, which takes a little bit more of your time. You can hop on the ferry or the monorail to go over to the Magic Kingdom from there. Yeah, so like not a huge deal, but just something you kind of have to factor in um, to your plans, especially if you're hoping to be in the park as early as possible. Um, And so speaking of getting out and about as soon as possible, those early morning entry hours are only available at a selection of Good Neighbor Hotels. Um, Those are mainly the ones that aren't owned by Disney, but still like physically on Disney property. Um, The good news is that that means you're even closer to the parks. And the bad news is those are typically more expensive options. Um, And if you do decide you don't want to rely on that transportation from your good neighbor hotel, you can always rent a car and drive to the parks, but you're going to pay for it. So it's $25 to $50 per day, um, depending on the size of your car. And uh, if you want to spring for the preferred parking to be in a better spot closer to the entrance for the day. Um, So that offsets some of the value of the lower rates at the good neighbor hotels. So you just want to make sure you're aware of what all of the extra costs could be and that you're adding them all up and making sure that you're still getting a good deal um, by staying off property. Yeah, do your Um, Disney math. Yes, Disney math. Um, Another con is that not every one of the Good Neighbor Hotels has access to the early morning entry hours. And again, those those 30 minutes might not sound like much, but for example, if you're at – 
Animal Kingdom, the line for Flight of Passage um, may have already built up a lot within those 30 minutes. So those 30 minutes really can be advantageous. So that's something that you want to keep in mind and make sure you know whether or not the Good Neighbor Hotel you're booking has access to those hours. Yeah. And the other thing to keep in mind is that um, to access the early morning entry, uh, you typically have to link your hotel reservation in the My Disney Experience app, which is, um, if you aren't familiar, it's the app that you use to do basically everything during your stay at Disney World. Um, The way you would have to do that is different with each Good Neighbor Hotel, and the process can vary from like super straightforward to having to get your hotel reservation number converted to one that's compatible with the My Disney Experience app. So just a little more um, of a hurdle to making that a smooth experience when you go for that early um, 30-minute entry. Um, The third con is lightning lane access or individual lightning lane access. So the most hot ticket ride at each park is typically available for purchasing an individual lightning lane, um, which allows you to hop into the lightning lane or the faster lane um, that usually gets you onto the ride faster. So Disney resort guests have access to the individual lightning lane purchasing at 7 a.m. So they're snapping up those early spots and potentially even selling out particular attractions um, for individual lightning lane. And that's um, the way to access rides like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and Rise of the Resistance. So if those heavy hitters are on your must-do list, that would be a big con to staying off-site. Yeah. The other uh, con for us is so the way that um, off-site guests can book dining at Disney and then also Enchanted Extras like Bibbidi Boppity Boutique. So for folks who are staying on property, the window to book those reservations opens 60 days from the first day of your vacation. So 60 days in advance of your vacation day one, you have the ability to book reservations for, as an example, day six of your vacation. For off-site guests, each day of your vacation has its own 60-day countdown. So 60 days before day one of your vacation, you can book reservations for day one. But you have to go back the next day and make reservations for day two, 60 days in advance of that vacation day two, and so on. So there's a handful of things about this that I think are tricky. So reservations open at 6 a.m., And that sounds like a lot of early wake-ups to me. (laughs) Kind of a pain. (laughs) A whole bunch of days in a row, right? Um, Especially if you can't tell, it kind of sounds like we just rolled out of bed. We've actually been awake for quite some time, but there's like (laughs) just like a lot of kids in here. Everyone's very tired. Um, The other con for this, I... So it means that you're behind the on-site guests who may have booked the hard-to-get reservations for the end of their trip right at the 60-day mark for the first day of their trip. So it puts you at a disadvantage for booking that stuff. For example, we uh, went to Disney World in the fall. We had one very uh, princess-obsessed four-year-old Bippity-Boppity Boutique reservations had just reopened from the pandemic. So it was like extremely high pressure situation. I don't know what we would have done if we hadn't gotten that. But what we were able to do was on day one of our reservation like booking window, which is 60 days before our vacation started, we were able to book Bippity Boppity Boutique for the last day of our vacation. It just gives you a little bit more of a head start on those things. Um, and even that was pretty tricky. So so if you can't tell, we are on property girls through and through, and we're pretty biased to staying at the Disney-owned on-site hotels. We are. We are. <laughs> we're sorry. We tried to be open-minded. We did a lot of research here, uh, but but yeah, you can't beat it. 
That said, lots of people do stay off property, obviously, and love it for all different reasons. So um, totally true. Just it's good to make sure you do your research and make sure you know exactly what you're getting for your money um, before you make the decision of where you want to stay. Yep. So speaking of where you want to stay, if you have decided you are staying on property, um, Disney breaks the resorts up into three categories, which are the deluxe, moderate, and value. Um, Deluxe resorts are sort of what they sound like. They're deluxe with a price tag to match. So the room size is larger than the value and the moderates, although how much really depends on the hotel. Um, They tend to be these really big, impressive hotels with incredible theming, and they tend to be very close to at least one park. Um, Many of them have fun transportation options from the super efficient Skyliner to the monorail um, to your standard resort buses to the resort and friendship boats. Um, From some of these hotels, you can even walk to the parks. Yeah, we did that. We walked from the Contemporary to Magic Kingdom on our last um, sister's trip, and it was so smooth, and the uh, it was like a nice little walk after brunch, and then the security line was basically nothing to get in from that walkway entrance, so that's pretty cool. Um, okay, so all of your deluxe resorts are going to have table service um, or that uh, – you know, that's like a sit-down restaurant, at least one of those. And then also um, quick service or like food court type restaurants. Um, Those sit-down restaurants are often some of the fancier signature dining locations. And they also have uh, lounges and pool bars. So you've got lots of fun options. Here is one thing you might not necessarily think about unless you have stayed at Disney World during a hurricane. Um, Most of the deluxe resorts, you access your room through interior hallways. Um, So that matters if it's pouring rain outside or if there happens to be a a very small hurricane during your trip, as we experienced. Um, It it can be a lot easier to get to your room. You know, you just get into the lobby and then walk to your room um, through interior hallways instead of running around outside um, to get to your exterior door. Yeah. So that came in super handy because for Ian, we were in Pago Pago at the Polynesian. So it was a little tricky that we were separated from the main building because that's how the Polynesian is set up. But at least we were able to go to each other's rooms safely from like interior hallways during the hurricane because otherwise, I'm not sure what I would have done with my children. (laughs) Um. The other thing is, uh, like her, the uh, sorry, we talked about the hurricane, didn't we? Can't get that out of my head. Lots of hurricane thoughts. Um, but also, if you're dealing with like strollers, wheelchairs, definitely easier to have that interior hallway. Um, which we had both of those things. Um, let's see. So uh, all of your Disney-owned hotels, you're going to get the early morning entry and the 7 a.m. access to booking Genie Plus and Individual Lightning Lane. But at the deluxe resorts, you get some special benefits, which are not available to the value and moderate resort guests, um, which include the extended evening hours at certain parks on certain evenings. Um, sometimes that even includes extra opportunities to get into the virtual queue for the newest rides, um, which right now would be Tron and Cosmic Rewind. They do another drop for the virtual queue around 6 p.m. Um, certain nights when they're doing those extended deluxe um, evening hours. Yeah, so it's just another chance to get on those rides if you missed out earlier in the day or to ride it again if you super love it like we do for Cosmic Rewind. Um 
All of this is true. I think all of this is true. At least most of this is true for sure for the deluxe villa resorts, which are typically Disney Vacation Club sections of the deluxe Disney resorts. And those can still be available to regular non-vacation club members as well. Um, So who are these deluxe resorts good for, Haley? Um, People who plan to spend more time at the resort, I think, are the people for whom these resorts are the best. So if you're going to go to the park first thing in the morning and then take a nice long midday break, um, or if you're looking to do those extended evening hours, um, these would be a good choice for you. Also people who like a really cool themed pool. A lot of the best pools are located at the um, deluxe resorts. Or if you're doing, you know, a special occasion, it kind of levels up your vacation to stay at one of these deluxe properties. Yeah. Also, if you're traveling with a, like a larger group, it's yes. um, a good option as well. Um, so, okay. So what hotels, pop quiz, don't look at your notes, pop quiz, pop quiz. What hotels are deluxe hotels? Okay. Animal Kingdom Lodge, Yacht Club, Beach Club, Contemporary, Polynesian, Grand Floridian, Wilderness Lodge, Boardwalk, Riviera, Saratoga Springs, Old Key West. Did I miss any? No, you actually got some that I missed on the list of the notes. So you beat me. You beat me at my own pop quiz. Oh, my God. Um, I think I think Saratoga and Old Key West are considered deluxe, aren't they? I think yeah, I think so. I think okay. Um, and uh, well, yeah, but those are like the villa ones, I guess. So it's a little bit yeah. Anyway, the villa options are at uh, Bay Lake Tower at the Contemporary, Boulder Ridge and Copper Creek at Wilderness Lodge, where we just stayed recently. Um, Jumbo House and Kadani Village at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Uh, the Beach Club has villas. The Boardwalk has villas. Old Key West has villas. Polynesian has villas. Uh, the Riviera, Saratoga Springs, as you said, and the Grand Floridian. Um, okay. Next up, our second category, category we have moderate hotels. Um, these are kind of more of the middle of the road price-wise, at least for Disney. Um, the room size is typically larger than value, but a little bit um, smaller than the deluxe resorts. And again, that varies by room type and the hotel room for sure. Um, the theming is still super on point at some of the moderates. Um, they have, some of them have character themed rooms available that are really cute. Um, you definitely get a little more breathing room than you do at a at a value resort. I think it, it's a, it feels a lot less uh, hectic. Um, Moderates also typically have a table service restaurant as well as a food court style quick service along with their lounges and pool bars. Um, they're not going to be like your, you know, super fancy, fancy table service, but they're, they can still be really, really good. Um, some of the pools are not quite as extensively themed as the deluxe resorts, but some of the moderates still really knock it out of the park pool-wise. So um, We're looking at you, Caribbean Beach. Yes. So we're going to talk a little bit more about, about the moderates in detail on a different episode, but um, but some of them are really cool. Um, the proximity to the parks can vary a little bit, but the hotels still have the free Disney bus transportation. And one of the moderates, Caribbean Beach, um, is the Skyliner hub. So you can hop on either Skyliner line there and have easy access to the Skyliner, which is super efficient. Um, others have access to some of the resort boats um, to Disney Springs, which are super fun, um, if not you know, quite as efficient necessarily. 
I do love a good boat ride. I do. I do. A nice leisurely boat ride. Yeah. Um, these hotels also get the early morning entry and 7 a.m. access to Genie Plus and individual lightning lanes, um, but they do not get the extended evening hours like the deluxe resorts get. So who do you think these are good for? Um, more standard four to five person parties. Uh, make sure when you're booking that you're getting the right room size because I think I think some of them only sleep four. Is that yeah. right? Yep. Um and but some of them do sleep five. So that's something you want to make sure you're aware of when you're booking. Um, maybe if you're not planning to spend quite as much time at your in your resort room, this would be a good choice for you. Um, you know, maybe you're not quite getting as much out of the spending your day at your deluxe resort, um, then maybe it would be worthwhile to save some money and stay at the moderate instead. Um, just because, and some of the transportation logistics can be a little bit much when you're hauling kids. So we found getting on the buses with the strollers sort of exhausting. Um, so if you're, if a bus is going to be your only form of transportation, that's something that you want to make sure that you're thinking about. Um, if you're on a little bit of a budget, but you still want that really great themed experience and a more relaxed atmosphere than you might get, um, elsewhere, then this might be a good resort for you. Yeah. Um, so these resorts, the moderates, include Caribbean Beach, uh, Port Orleans Riverside, and also Port Orleans French Quarter and Coronado Springs. Is that it? I think that's it. Yeah. Um, we have had some of our like favorite Disney trips have been at moderate resorts for sure. They really, I really have. I have a have big a... Caribbean Beach soft spot. Yeah, and French Quarter, too. I have a big soft spot yes. for that as well. Totally. And, and Riverside, honestly. I've never stayed at Coronado Springs, but the other three moderates, I, I have a really big soft spot in my heart for. Yeah, John's first Disney trip ever, um, which we went to uh, before we were even married. Actually, it was like the week we were supposed to get married and we weren't getting married because we canceled the wedding. That's a whole different thing. Whole different story for a whole different podcast. But we um, went to Disney World the week that our wedding was initially supposed to be. And uh, we stayed at Riverside and it was just like so relaxing. It's so chill over there. And yeah. again, love a good boat ride. So that was really nice. Love that place. Um, okay. Value resorts. Um, so these are cheaper options, but it's cheap by Disney standards. So it's definitely not like a cheap hotel like you might think of elsewhere in terms of uh, cost or quality, right? This is not going to feel like a kind of dumpy motel situation. There's still really, really great hotels. Um, I feel like they're definitely super kid focused. You know, it's a lot of like oversized decor, very like bright, lots of familiar characters. Um, and you know, there's no table service at the value resorts, but um, they do have quick service and pool bars. Um, the pools are a bit more basic. They don't have slides at any of the value resorts, but there's still some fun theming. Um, the values each have two regular pools, usually like a more like extra themed, busier pool and then a quiet pool. Um then typically also a kiddie pool. And then some of them also have like a splash pad, like spray area for kids as well. These do have the exterior room access. So you get into the rooms around the outside of the building um, with one exception, which is the Art of Animation Family Suite buildings. 
Um, these hotels are some of the furthest away from Magic Kingdom, but some of them are super close to the other parks. They all have bus service, and then um, kind of an extra bonus, Pop Century and Art of Animation also have access to the Skyliner, um, which is great. Yeah, that's They huge. all get the same access to the early morning entry and the Genie Plus and individual Lightning Lane 7 a.m. purchases as all of the other on-property resorts. Um, some of them even have family suites with extra sleeping space. So Art of Animation has really over-the-top themed suites for something extra special. Um, it almost feels like Art of Animation doesn't belong in the value category anymore since it can be as pricey as a moderate. Um, and it has this, you know, the super themed suites, the Skyliner, and a pretty awesome pool. Um, yeah, I feel like it's sneaking in there, sneaking in at the moderate right. level. Yeah, right. Although it is technically value level value. rather. Yeah, right. sorry. Um, one thing to note, the All-Stars in particular can be home to big school trips, um, like cheerleading conventions, sports teams, things like that. Um, so they can feel a little bit hectic and there's so many families and everything's pretty close together. So things can feel a little bit chaotic. So who are these good for? Um, we would definitely say they're great for families, including those who are on a budget who might need a little bit more space but aren't going to be springing for that villa situation. Um, the family suites can be pretty great. Um, also, people who don't plan to spend much time at their hotel. If you're going to be in the park, you know, rope drop to fireworks and, you know, you're not worried about whether or not your pool has a slide because you're barely going to be in it. I mean, why shell out for the big fancy hotel if you're going to be in the parks all day anyway, especially if you're at Pop Century or Art of Animation where you can just get on that Skyliner and get into the parks as quickly as possible. I think that's great. So which hotels does this include? This includes Pop Century, All-Star Music, All-Star Movies, All-Star Sports, and Art of Animation. Yeah. And we should mention one other resort option that I guess it's sometimes technically listed as a value, but it's or a moderate, but it's a little it's a little bit different. So that's um Fort Wilderness, which is a campground for tents and RVs, plus it has cabins available. The cabins are listed in the moderate category. Sometimes you see Fort Wilderness pop up um for the campsites as a value. So it's a, it's kind of a little bit of both. But honestly, this place seems like its own special universe. We're going to have to cover it in a later episode because it sounds like you could have an amazing vacation there and like not even go to the parks. I would like desperately love to rent an RV and stay there sometime. I think it would be <laughs> so cool. It looks really, really fun. But it feels like a completely different beast. So I think we'll have to talk about that one separately. So that's why we're not including it here. Um, yeah, so there you have it. You are now well-versed in Disney's resort levels. On our next couple of episodes, we're going to do a March Madness style bracket challenge for each level. So you'll hear more about all the individual resorts and find out which one we think is the winner in each category. So stay tuned for that and make sure you don't miss it by subscribing to the podcast and following us on social media. But for now, see you real soon.